our minds, Rabbi say, our minds certainly, everybody's minds was affected. I was talking during Ben Astarim to a Bacher, and he was describing how he was staggered by, um, how he was staggered by what went on on Lag Boimer. And certainly in Eretz Yisrael, people are more affected. They were right there. We have many friends who were in Meiron, many friends who were there during, the, during this tragedy. And certainly for them, it's, it's dominating their minds. For the people in America, it's less so. But certainly all of Klai Yisrael has their minds there. And we're, and we're thinking about it. We spoke yesterday about Kabbalah Yisurim. We spoke yesterday about not running away from thoughts, not running away from responses and feelings, responding and thinking it through and hanging in there, staying in the pocket like the mushal we used yesterday. A human being, all of us human beings don't stay on this earth forever. That's not a very sad fact. It's a true fact that a person's gifted a number of years here. Every once in a while we're, remembered, we're reminded of that fact that a person has a limited time, this beautiful world that Hashem made, and he allots. We all have chaye oilam nata We all have eternity. Kol Yisrael yeshlem chelak loilam Every year has a chelak in oilam and Hashem gives us a number of years here, all of us, a certain amount of time is allotted on this earth to gather and to accomplish and to build and to grow and to develop. I like thinking just um, not so much of acquiring Eulamaba. When you were little, you viewed it to do a lot of actions to acquire Eulamaba. As you get older and more sophisticated, while that is true, actions that acquire I think it will be helpful also to view it. Elam Haba is an incredible place. I want to make myself a certain person. The more Shlemus, I am more built to enjoy Elam Haba. So it's not so much how many actions I do, how many mitzvahs I get, though that matters. Number of mitzvahs matter. It certainly matters, and they're rias, that number of mitzvahs matter. But what also matters is the type of person I make myself. And I want to make myself that shlemus, that whole godly person. That person that I make through tyrant mitzvahs is the one who's most misugal to enjoy Elam to enjoy and delight. So as we're growing, as we're developing, as we're refining our character traits, we are better built to enjoy Eilam You can The Messiah Sharmu's first parak describes that a human being is mentally hanais miziv shechinasai, to have enough from Hashem. The more we're godly, the more you become a giver, the more you become empathetic, the more empathy we learn to acquire, the more we just learn to develop our own character, less cast, cast anger will stand in the way of enjoying Olam Abba. Olam Abba is like this great party. If you can see in a simple term, take a guy who's very, very embarrassed and he, he, he's very afraid to express, he has certain anxieties, so we'll have like a concert in yeshiva. 
So it's a blast. You just come in here and dance and enjoy. But that guy who's self-conscious, he feels himself dancing, so he can't enjoy the party. The more he gets comfortable with himself, the more he fits in his own body, he's now misogled to enjoy the event in Yeshiva. He goes into the concert and it's just, it's a, it's a wow, what a party. The party didn't change, you change. I always laugh in Yeshiva. Shabbos in Yeshiva is fascinating. A guy came to me, a Bacher came, it's one of the best conversations, sure you'll appreciate, it's one of the best conversations I ever had with a guy in the Yeshiva. A guy said to me, he said, in my dealings with you, you've been very honest. To me and my parents, Martha, you'll appreciate what a guy said. It's fascinating. He said, have I told you this conversation, Martha? A guy said to me, he said, Rebbe, you have been honest. In my conversations with you and to my parents, you've been honest. He said, you say one thing that makes me crazy, and I don't know what you mean. It makes me crazy when you say it. I don't know what you mean. And it like bothers me. It feels like you're lying. I said, okay, it sounds this fascinating. Tell me what's this. And he said, you repeat it often, and it feels like you're lying. So I, it, just, I don't see it. So I said, please tell me. So he said, you describe Shabbos as magical in Durham. Describe Shabbos as gorgeous. And he said, I've been here now for a year and a half. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. See, so say like, and other things you say, like, I get it, you describe this, you describe the yeshiva, you describe the magic that is Shabbos. I'm here, I don't know what you're talking about. So it's one of the most ironic parts of the yeshiva to the guy who comes Friday night and just sits in this space mesh and watches the conversation before Kabbalah Shabbos begins. To somebody then who joins the Suda and stays. The beginning of the Suda is beautiful. Just people are loved. There's love in the room. Guys enjoy each other. There are a lot of guys who can't receive more on a Shabbos than the first part. And the first part is stunning for itself. In a room full, people are enjoying each other. People are accepted. People are, a bacher walks in there, 200 other guys accept him. That's stunning. But he's not ready for more. Then he runs out halfway to the Suda and he goes under his cover and I don't know what he's doing under his cover. But at the end of the Suda, all of a sudden everybody comes forward and there's Miras and there's Devrei Torah. Then we have an Einig and again the guy comes out from under his cover back to the Einig, gets some sushi and he's loved by 200 other guys. And then he leaves the Einig, goes back under his cover. But we later in the Einig hear Morty Weinberg share something precious. Hear Divrei Teirev, Zmiris. Then that guy remains under his cover. We daven Shachras here. Beautiful daven. Always very nice chazanim in yeshiva. There's a camaraderie and a friendship in here that's pleasant, that's kind, that's gentle. There's then a Kiddush. At the Kiddush, Ray Brownstein speaks like four minutes, says something that like, my mind's like, did he just like, just fascinating and brilliant. Then we come to the base Medrash for a shir always. We learn together, Torah, till the Suda. Then the guy comes out from under his cover, joins the beginning of Sushabas, and he is loved in the base, in the dining room. Then he leaves the dining room, and then we come together and have Zmiris and more Divrei Torah. Then he might come out from under his cover and join the Einig Shabbos and get some candy and nash. He's loved and appreciated. He then leaves and then we share a lot of different Torah and learn of us together and share Chedushim. And, the, and then you go to Shalashudas, it repeats. People come visiting for Shabbos 
People come visiting for Shabbos. The Friedman family ask them about a Shabbos in Durham. They'll be like, wow. They, they were like blown out of their brains. Shabbos Durham. Me and my kids pay me money to leave for Durham for Shabbos. I'm asked, can you come to this Shabbaton, this inspirational thing? No, 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 I don't want to leave Durham. I like it here. I'm, I'm inspired personally by Shabbos. In my mind, there are 200 guys in yeshiva. I want to light their fire. I want them to experience Shabbos. It won't happen if I don't have a good Shabbos. The vision here and the sense here, we can design a Shabbos for a 10th grader. I can make Gaga in the afternoon. We have some of the coolest guys in the world. Put Chaim Guri in the gym Shabbos afternoon and let him run a Gaga tournament. Afterwards, there'll be Machanayim. We'll do some. I, I say not basketball because let it be Shabbos stick. So let's have a special sport wheel. For now, on dodgeball only on Shabbos. It would be in Mechaya in the 10th grade. Maybe it's a good idea. Gaga, the Shabbos Gaga tournament. Put the coolest guys, get all the older Hever to do Gaga with the 10th grade. And I don't say, by the way, not to do it. But I want to use all our manpower, every inch of it, to produce a real Shabbos. I would rather a 10th grader gets five minutes of an authentic Shabbos experience than 24 hours of an inauthentic Shabbos experience. So I'd rather put all my resources, if I could do both, I would do it, I admit. I just don't have the resources. If we had endless staff, I'd have a group run Gaga for the 10th graders and run all the things, activities that would be, I don't know, uh, hunts for, for, I don't know what we would do. That guy's a lot more creative. I promise Chaim and Martha will come up with a lot better than I can. And I promise they can design it, but they would need a staff. And I want to take every ounce of resource. I want Chaim to design a Shabbos that my wife walks away inspired by, that I walk away from her by. And I want that because I want an authentic Shabbos experience that a bacher, when he touches and as he touches, it grows from. Now, the irony is the 12th grader, like late in 12th grade, goes to a Shabbos and says, Rebbe, that was the best Shabbos of my life. And he's like, did something change? No, 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 you changed. Shabbos was here the whole time. You have become that person, but if it's maturity, if it's more comfortable, if it's a greater ability to sit, more zitzflesh, whatever has happened, you've become that person. Shabbos didn't change in Iota. A guy came this year, an alumnus came back and like lost his mind from Shabbos. He's like, was Shabbos always like this? <laughs> like, and everybody asks their own version of Mm-hmm. You've become, we're now Shabbos, you can appreciate. The visual of Eilam Abba, Eilam Abba is that place that as we work through, and what I take to enjoy Eilam Abba, and you take, is Torah and Mitzvah, Shlemus. So instead of viewing it, your young way, like I want to do a lot of Mitzvahs, and if I get a lot of Mitzvahs, then I'll get a lot of reward, you're building a certain type of person through Torah and Mitzvahs. Through your performance of mitzvahs, through your performance learning Torah, you are building a type of person. By the way, don't look now, that type of person, Eilam Abba, is like, you're now built, and Eilam Abba is like delightful. You've built that human being that is just going to revel. 
it's a little bit more. It, we're all trying these are mishalim. It's a much more sophisticated view. It's true numbers of mitzvahs matter. It happens to be there's such a cheshven. Number of matter, but the ultimate is we're trying to create a certain person. You have to do it through Torah and mitzvahs because Hashem created us. Our creator knows and the, the, the path towards perfection is Torah and mitzvahs. And we build that person who enjoys Eilum Abba. That's, that's how it works. The, so this is some of the thoughts Klai Yisrael is thinking about mortality. There's thing that there's something called Eilum Abba. And maybe these people, it's a beautiful world. And the Westerner is full of like sadness to think about this world ends. For us, Yidin, this world's a beautiful place, optimistic and positive and beautiful and then Hashem allots each person. is a world of schar, and a person is allotted time in this world. And people have different amount of times. It's interesting. Reb Schneier Cutler, the Rashiva of Lakewood, gave Reb Schneier lost a son-in-law. Reb Schneier Cutler lost a son-in-law, a son. His son's name was Reb Meir. He was the apple of Reb Schneier's eye. He was. Angelic, and he was nifter very, very young. Reb Schneier wrote a letter I once read in Yeshiva, and he wrote a letter. Was was it from Reb Meir? Maybe, maybe his son wrote the letter. Reb Meir could be his son wrote the letter to his family. I don't. I think Reb Meir wrote it. Reb Schneier Cutler's son, Reb Aaron Cutler's a Shiva of Lakewood. Then Reb Schneier Cutler. They were a Shiva for the exact amount of years, months, and days. Wow. To the day, I believe, father and son, a quirky thing. Is that true, Martha? Somebody checked. Somebody, is that, you think we could check that up on internet? I think to the day, I think, yeah. I think so. Surely that could be looked up how long Rav Aramis Rosh Hashiva and Lake were for. I think it was to the day, the same amount of time. Yeah, I think to the day. An oddity, father and son. We don't know the ways of Hashem, mysterious. But Rav Aaron and Rav Schneier, father and son, both Rosh Hashiva of Lakewood, the exact same amount of time. Today, there are four Rosh Hashivas. One of the four is Rav Malkiel Cutler. After Rav Schneier was nifter, they made four Rosh Hashivas of Lakewood. One of the Rosh Hashivas is, is, Rav, is Rav Malkiel Cutler, Rav Schneier's son. That what? Listen to this. Nineteen years, seven months, and one day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a Nineteen years, seven months, one day. They both were shiva. Some people claim. I doubt this is true. That after Reb Shneir was nifter, Reb Malkiel started much younger than both of them. That they made four Rashi shivas. He's had much more longevity. He's been Rashiva longer, but there's not one Rashiva. Reb Shneir should live. Long, long, long. Reb Malkiel should live. But Reb Aaron was the Rashiva. Then Reb Shneir, tremendous, tremendous Gedolim. Reb Shneir had a son, Reb Meir, who was Nifter Young. Reb Meir wrote to his family. He said that the job Friday, listen to what he wrote. He said the job Friday is to prepare a beautiful Shabbos. And Friday, you're making for Shabbos Kodesh. You cook the chalant, you put up the kishka, you make some fish, you have some herring, you get some herring, 
You put up some potato kugel and maybe a lakshin also, and you prepare for Shabbos Kodesh. You shave, you shower for Shabbos, and then you bask in the beauty of Shabbos. Said Reb Mayer that there are two types of Fridays. There's a short wintry Friday. She had very few hours. Shabbos begins 4.15. And there's a long summery Friday. Shabbos begins 7.43. There's the short Fridays and the long Fridays. But Reb Shneir's son, Reb Meir, said the job is the same. Misha Toreach of Shabbos, whoever works hard on Erev Shabbos, Yoichel B'Shabbos, basks and eats on Shabbos. So Reb Meir said, I have a short winter. He wrote before he died that I'm a winter Friday. But the, the, the point is the same. We go into Shabbos and we bask in Shabbos. So my Shabbos starts a little earlier. That's what Reb Meir wrote. My Shabbos starts earlier. Other Shabbos is a summary Shabbos, but the goal is the same. We work hard with our allotted time. All of us should be zeicha to a nice, long, summary Friday, a long, long, long Friday. And we certainly prepare, and we prepare, and we are Isaac and Tyre and and we grow, and then we enjoy a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. The... If the topic seems like, like a little overwhelming, that th- this world is transitory, this is a reality. This is a reality. Westerners get very overwhelmed because it's not in their kishka's eternity. From my favorite words, we say, We have eternity. Elamabo is a wonderful place of friendship, of camaraderie, a wonderful place. And there's something called Elamabo. It's a reality called Elamabo. And this world's a beautiful world, a positive, wonderful world. And Hashem has cheshbonus, how much time he allots each person, the allotted time that they need. He knows the times we need and gives each person their allotted time. One of the things we've been hearing now is eulogies. We've been hearing hespedim of people. My Rebbe did a very, very hard thing. He gave us homework, my Rebbe. It's one of the weirdest homeworks he ever gave. I've thought many times of doing it. I've never done it. I don't get nervous. I don't think I'm doing it now. He once made us write a eulogy for ourselves. He made us write a eulogy. And the topic, it's a very, very fascinating thing to write a eulogy. And to think, what do you want your eulogy to say? Now, the goal is not to have a good hespid. The goal is that what were you? What did you become? What are you building? What are you building? And certainly we're talking about not just doing actions of mitzvahs, and that's what I wanted to focus on this afternoon, but building a certain type of person. Of course, through Torah and mitzvahs, but I'm building a type of human being. And that's what we're constructing through Torah and mitzvahs, through Abayidus Hashem, but we're constructing a kind of human being. And it's important, and he made us write what the eulogy is. What do you want people to say about you? It's very, very awkward to give a eulogy on yourself. And your friends are all there. You, you know how much, you, the amount you get in your brain, what you say, what you don't say, you don't want to be arrogant. You're in front of all your friends. My Rebbe is sitting there. Could you imagine making the guys do this? I haven't done it yet, because like literally like cruel and unusual punishment, get up here. And my Rebbe says do it. It wasn't like, uh, you're doing it. You get up and you write a eulogy on yourself. A week, a week. It's not the time. You know, in your head, you are this arrogance. There's you're writing. Maybe did it? Could be. But you're writing. (laughs) But you're you're saying a eulogy for yourself. It's it's a 
very, very fascinating, very fascinating task. So I want to talk a few, I want to I say over a few things about eulogies. There's a line, there's a line that was said, I want to I give over a few examples of eulogies. We just said a hesped for Hashem by Yechai, it was Lag Ba'imer. I think it's one of the greatest eulogies, the words, it's funny, we have the national anthem in Yeshiv. There's another line in the Bar Yechai, that he says about Rav Shemvayachai, that's so crazy to say this about a person. It's like the best eulogy you could give. I don't know how you could say something better on a person. <laughs> I don't know if you say this on a person, like, and we say this on Shemvayachai, Nase Adam Nemar Bavurecha. God said, Let us make man. Nase Adam, let us make man. Nase Adam, let us make man. Nemar Bavurecha was said concerning you. Wow. That's like the craziest thing to say. When Hashem said, let me construct man, Hashem was thinking about you. <laughs> Those words, you know, we're so used to hyperbole, hyperbole, people exaggerating and saying, all of Klai Yisrael saying a eulogy or Shirva Yechai, to say that when Hashem said, let us make man, he was thinking about you. It's interesting, parents, yeshivas have a nasa adam. A yeshiva, when it makes a yeshiva, has a nasa adam vision. Let us make men. It's a very good question. On who could you say, could you imagine you call up a bacher graduation? When we said nasa adam, we were thinking about you. Nemar baburecha. Good zog, Chaim. Nasa adam. Every yeshiva says nasa. Every parent, by the way. A husband and a wife say to each other, Nasa Adam, let's be Shutum, let's let's have a family. Nasa Adam when we said make man, it's you we were thinking about. It's it's like a staggering thing to say. That was the eulogy that that was said. Somebody said on the Briska Rub, I can't remember who said the eulogy. Maybe Srilly will remember this. Somebody said on the Briska Rub an incredible eulogy. A hesped on the briskarov. The briskarov sat, and you have to understand, he, he, there, was a, there was an exactness to his avayda, exactness to his shmir of Torah and mitzvahs, and he was just careful to do it right. And sitting in his apartment in Yerushalayim, he was serving Hashem with an exactness, Torah and mitzvahs, with hashkafas achayim that was very honest and true, there was a rigidity and an exactness to Zavodis Hashem. By his hesped, by his eulogy, when he passed on, somebody said like this. Somebody asked, we know in the Arain, there was a Sefer Torah in the Arain. In the Arain, in the Kodesh Kedosh, there was a Sefer Torah. Now we know Rabbi Sai, the purpose of a Sefer Torah is to learn from it. To learn. Every year is a chi of Kisvu Lochemes Ashir Azais to write a Sefer Torah. You're not yates if you write a Sefer Torah and lock it up. The point of a Sefer Torah is to learn from it. paskins. It's from Rishonim that if you write Svarim, if you buy a Sefer, see you mekayim because you're buying it to learn from it. So you buy a Gemara, you buy a Kedushin, you buy a Makas. It's kisvulachemes ashirazayis. You mekayim mitzudarais. Ask this Maspid. This eulogizer by the Briskarov's Levaya said, what was the purpose of the Torah 
in the Kodesh Kedoshim. It's unlearned from. It just sits there. You don't even want to go into the Kodesh Kedoshim. It says, Shmachlaikis in the Gemara, if the Sefer Torah was inside the Aaron or next to the Aaron. But either way, it's not read from. So what's the purpose of a Sefer Torah that sits there in the Kodesh Kedoshim? Said this Masput brilliant, he said, Kol's man is a Sefer Torah untouched and unchanged and exact in the Kodesh Kedoshim. The Sefer Torah all over, everybody's afraid to forge. Nobody can change because there's always something to check it up to. There's a Sefer Torah unchanged, a Sefer Torah that's honest and true, and people are afraid to make forgeries and corrections and do things that are different because we have a Sefer Torah sitting there that we can match it up to. And that's what he said is the brisker rub for Gans Klaiusville. That, you talk about a eulogy that like, bang, you like nailed a person who's, that, that nails a mensch who with, with very exactness was keeping Torah, had a very big clarity what Hashem wants, what Hashem's demanding. He said that that's a safer Torah that sits in the Kodesh Kedoshim that gives us all a chance to match any forgery against that. <laughs> that an amazing eulogy? I want to read, there was a yid I liked a lot, Rav Lezer Geltzeler. His, his father-in-law is a Rav in um, Milwaukee. His father was Rav Tversky. Rav Tversky, should have Arichas Yom B'Shanim, is a Rav in Milwaukee, in Wisconsin, a very, very special yid. If anybody's heard him speak, he's, he's Rav Abraham, Dr. Abraham Tversky, Rav Abraham Tversky's brother. And he's the Horna Stipler Rav, he's called. He's a beautiful, beautiful Yid. Him and his wife, his wife's lectures across the world. Her articles are very intelligent and warm. And he's, this Rav Michal Tversky is a very, very special person. My in-laws, he married off my in-laws. A wonderful, wonderful tzaddik. Rav Michal Tversky is somebody, it's Kedai. If you ever get to hear a shir, a lecture, Live is better, but if you hear on recording, he's somebody, Kedai, he's extremely sophisticated, smart, and just a special yid, a, worth, a worthwhile listener. Reb Michal Tversky had a son-in-law whose name was Reb Lezer Geltzeler. Reb Geltzeler was a very special yid. The story we say over about the midget on the Garden State Parkway, that he said, I never felt taller, and the one was, was the story with Reb Geltzeler. He's the one who used to... He had a chassidish yeshiva that was very, very interesting and he helped a lot of people. He was a fiery Ebed Hashem. I want to read to you, Reb Michal Tversky wrote a little bit like a blurb, a hesped. He was nifter in a car accident. He was on, on a bus in Eretz Yisrael with his Talmidim. And it's unclear if the bus driver fell asleep or had a heart attack. But the bus, the bus started driving off the road towards a ditch which everybody on the bus would have died, Reb Lezer ran to the front, grabbed the steering wheel, and put it back on. Now, the bus got saved, but he, in the jerk, in, he fell down, he was standing, and he banged his head, he went into a coma, and he passed away, like eight months later, he passed away, saving all his Talmidim. The same way he lived, that's how he died. And he, and he Reb Geltzeler was nifty, he was in a coma for a long time, and then he was Nifter. He was a very, very, very big tzaddik. I want to read to you just 
I thought the way he was maspid, if you read, there's a book, it's in the base Medrash, about a recommended reading, Reb Lazer, about this fascinating Ebed Hashem. But his father-in-law wrote about him, listen to like just a, a pair, a, sh- a, few, a short few sentences he wrote about his son-in-law. He said, the critical variable that renders this is so is that Reb Lezer, his son-in-law, was unconventional and while always appropriate, unpredictable. Now listen to this. In the finest sense of the term, he simply could not be confined to any known or conventional box. Without compromising an iota of emuna, hashkafa satayra, musar Allah or shmiras ha-mitzvahs, he assiduously looked afresh at long-standing norms, unchallenged role definitions, rigid expectations of yeshiva talmidim, frozen visions of Talmudic mastery, and a host of other brittle theories of the Haredi world, and replaced them with dynamic and effective approaches. He dared to explode outworn attitudes and breathe life into a generation of young Torah aspirants. Rebeliezer accomplishes by bringing all of his resources and deep spiritual proclivities, many of them seemingly incompatible to an amazing synthesis. He was at once chassidish and yeshivish, intellectual and blazingly fervent, charismatic and unassuming, demanding and forbearing, serious and very funny. <laughs> this is the eulogy he says on his son-in-law. The two, the two parts is the balanced person, that always, great people always have contradictions. I like that he describes the contradictions, but I also like the very, very loyal to Messiah, to what was, to Halacha. So the box was well kept, but then he exploded the box. But then he was so unconventional and, and brought new life, brought new life into things that maybe needed to be changed and added and refreshed. I thought that eulogy of a person was so like on point and exact. I wanted to share that eulogy. I wanted to say that that all of us, all of us in, in going through and being here around when, when we face such a thing, we don't have to ignore thoughts. We don't have to ignore thoughts of, of this fact that, that life has a glow. It doesn't have to bring us into a depression. It's a beautiful life. And we're in good hands. Hashem gives each person the exact time we need and want and deserve. And that's, that's Gishmak. And then each person then thinks about it that I want to utilize this time. I want to utilize. It's fascinating to me. It always fascinated me that remembering death could have two results. The Gemara says remembering death can stop sin. It can cause a person to value life and use life. And remembering death by Epicurean logic is eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow will die. There are people who use the fact of temporary and they just get down and depressed and party. And there are people who use the temporary to understand, to utilize it. And I think the difference is that you believe in eternity. We believe and we know there's an oilum there's an oilum You're children of Hashem. You're connected to the eternal. There's And the temporary nature of life is let's live it. So let's live it. And let's build something precious. I'm not requiring the guys here 
and any which way to write eulogies. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not we'll, prepared. We'll do it if every releases his. So we'll <laughs> <laughs> funny. But I do want to say to the guys. I want to say to the beautiful Hevra that let's talk a build the person we want to build. Let's get busy building. It's such a Kedai thing to have a visual of what we want to create. And then let's get busy building through Torah, through mitzvahs, through observing ourselves doing the Torah and mitzvahs. Through learning and doing mitzvahs and also observe how it goes when I'm doing Torah and mitzvahs. I love what Morty said the other night. What Morty said on Shabbos Kodesh was dynamic. It's playing in my mind. Morty said, the guy who thinks and thinks and thinks and thinks about his thinking, he said, you need to do to have what to think about. He said, get out of bed and do. You're thinking and thinking, perform. And then in perform, think about how you perform. Perform. The Torah and Mitzvah is the structure. And then analyze how you perform, what happens when you perform. So perform. And the performances were so fortunate. Magid Devarav Liyakov. We're a people that Hashem told us what to do. He gave us a system so thankfully. Chukav Mishpatav Yisrael. The Jewish people have a system of Avaidah. Hashem didn't do that to any other nation. He gave us a form and a structure. Get busy with Torah and Mitzvahs and get busy analyzing you doing Torah and Mitzvahs. What happens when you learn and analyze and all that is Kedai to think about. Get busy with the structure and then analyze how you do with the structure. Hey, I noticed I can't sit so long. Excellent. Now keep learning and observe yourself and then work and then figure out and then adjust and then build. Get busy performing and analyzing yourself performing. But I did want to say, you know, these are topics I have to speak about today because I don't want to be a pretend person. We all think that anybody's just, I, I don't, we don't need to run from things. We don't, need to, we don't need to be childish. We spoke yesterday about not running away. If all of us thought about mortality, that there's something called the Yom Misa. And we all of Klaiso was brought there. So let's celebrate life. Not we're not we don't have Epicurean logic, eat, drink, and be married for tomorrow will die. We say there's eternity to acquire. There's Chayyolam. There's such life is so important. Each moment is towards eternity. Let's let's define for ourselves what living means. Let's do, let's let let's write our eulogy. Let's get busy building the person we want to build, building that shalim, that sincere person. Let's get busy building it. Through action, through dedication, that's what I wanted to share with the guys. It's Baruch Hashem, we're headed towards Shavuos, and we've gone through this difficult time right before Shavuos, Kabbalah Satayra. We're speaking, we're continuing yesterday's conversation about Kabbalah Yisurim. This is like Kabbalah Yisurim towards Kabbalah Satayra. Kabbalah Yisurim, Kabbalah Satayra. Their topics we're thinking about, the value of life, the preciousness, the commodity called life. That it's not just we have all the time, there's a certain, a gifted amount of time. In Baruch Hashem, there'll be tons. The Eilam here will have Arichas Yom years and years. But utilize the whole time. Don't let that be to your detriment. I'll tell you something funny, Hebrew. I'll tell you something funny. A Bacher will tell me, Rebbe, you think I should stay for 13th grade? I'm going to get honest with the Hevra. But this has to do with every, so many of us are way past 13th grade. It has to do with me, Chaim Guri, Eli Rich, and I want to welcome home. Ben Tyra went to Israel, a shtag the world. Ellie Richland's back home. Welcome, Ellie Richland. 
I want to I want to say I, we're pausing. I'm not going to remember where I was going. Thirteenth grade, thirteenth grade. Let me finish that thought. Then I'll have to say this thought. With thirteenth grade, a guy will tell me. A guy will tell me about thirteenth grade that he. Um, that should I stay? What do you think, 13th grade? And often it's a good idea. I have a cousin who sent his son to this yeshiva, and he said, Kalish, there is educational male practice going on in Waterbury. So what do you mean? I remember he called it. Those are his words, not mine. He said, you guys have educational male practice. That's a heavy accusation. Educational male practice. I said, how do you figure? He said his own son was in the yeshiva. He's married with two kids doing great. Chazdei Hashem. But he said that I observed this yeshiva, you need a 13th grade. That you send them out after 12th, I've watched, the guy should stay a little longer. I see it, I see your yeshiva, more mature. He said it, educational male practice, you know, the 13th grade. So I often think guys need another year. I happen to think that way. Often a guy's a little more mature, he can, and the stronger he goes to Israel, the more he can pull out of there. So I always, I often think he's right, but I'll tell you a hesitation. I have seen a guy, I have 13th grade, he doesn't hop around 12th grade. Oh, I am next year. Oh, I am next year. <laughs> because he has 13th grade, he doesn't hop around 12th grade. I want to say that the Oilum will have Arichas Yom and Vashanim, you can have long years. But don't let the fact that you have 13th grade make you not enjoy 12th grade and utilize and hop around. If we saw the preciousness of life and that life is a commodity that's not forever, that's a temporary... So chaperang! You're going to have arichas yom and b'shanim. But for an Eloi, for an elevation, for all the departed, let's value life more. Let's chaperang. If you see a bacher leaving 13th grade and you're in 12th, so, and he's like, oh, I'm leaving yeshiva. So, let's ha- so yeshiva's precious. So chaperang in 12th grade. I don't want, because a guy has 13th grade, he doesn't have around 12th grade. And in all of our lives, I don't want it, because we have many 13th grades in our life that we don't utilize 12th grade. In Loyach Shavei now is the time. Life is precious. Live it, live it. Live it, live it with gusto. Live it with energy. Live it with passion. And build, build. Build, build the things you want to do. The things that are called living. The things that are called life. Build it, put it in. Invest. The guys know, I've said this so many, I've said this before, I say it too apologetically, I say it way too apologetically, I want to say it tougher if you don't mind. We're coming to the end of the year, this is like a common thing that happens in yeshiva, if anybody wants to uptight this as an excuse, as you're being liberal, I am very demanding of what we are and what we need to be and to make improvements. This yeshiva has many imperfections. There's much, much, we could talk about it for years. The imperfections and things we have to make better, no question about it. But I want to share something that's a truth. There's reasons why it's frustrating to me if we don't understand it. I'm going to share why it's frustrating today. I shared this with the mothers. When the mothers came for visit for the parents' day, I shared this with the mamas. I want to share it with their sons right now. Please allow me to share this. And this is towards Kabbalah Satayra. Because we're holding today is 38 days of the Omer. We're getting mamish 12 days away. Please listen well, Rabbi Sa. How many... 
10th and 11th graders in yeshiva and 12th graders who need 10th grade come at the end of the year and they'll say, Rebbe, I didn't, I, re- I, didn't, I know, Rebbe, I know, I know you're upset. I didn't use this year. I know, I know I blew this year, but you'll see next year I'll use it. So a guy finishes 12th. So I, managed, I, I didn't use the yeshiva properly. I didn't use it properly. And you'll see next year. That's what he says. I want to describe, I'm going to describe, I'm talking about a real person. I want to describe his journey. I want to talk about two parents, two mothers or fathers' reaction to the guy's journey. And I want you to understand, I'm going to tell you a real, I'm going to tell you right now a real story. I'm going to tell you a story. Picture a person, I'm telling you this is a real story. Picture a person from young grades in elementary from young grades, his house was chaotic. Blaming no one, the house was chaotic. So there was a lot of, there was fighting amongst his parents. It was not a peaceful place. And growing up in a chaotic home has impact. He's at ages he can't process much. He's formed, you watch Shua with his kid. Little kids observed, I can watch a kid watching the world for hours. Watch Molly all day. But this is for years. Kids just observe. By the way, everything we are from those observations. She's forming deep, deep, deep stuff. The deepest stuff. In, 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 in 15 years, she's going to have a teacher who's going to try to put stuff in her. This is what it would take then, probably like 10 years, is about 10 minutes of her life now. Her soul is open is open, it's at the formation of her essence, and she's observing. What a parent puts into Molly, she knew on target, Molly, excellent. Keep her here, keep her here. Avada, she's, she's cooling, she's agreeing. What a parent puts in, Revolba describes at Molly's age when a parent makes a bracha. Because they're observing two human beings talk, and then she sees dad talking to himself. And they learned as God. That Amuna would take Aisha Torah probably 15 years to put in a 20-year-old. What they learned in five seconds of a dad who makes a shahakal, in the 15 seconds, Baruch Atah Hashem, she looks. Oh, so God's in the room. There's a God. She watches we bench. I'm thanking Hashem. And the little kid observes the world. So this youngster... In young years, grows up in a chaotic world. There's fighting and all the tensions, what that do to this youngster formula. He then goes to school and feels he maybe doesn't have so much confidence. He's been part of a lot of chaos. And in school, he feels rejected, pushed away, confused, an outsider, all different types of feelings that come to a kid who's already less than confident and confused. So now home life has its chaos and school life, rejection, all different types of feelings. This goes on to the older elementary years, struggling, the difficult year of the Rebbe, and then he goes to high school, and the rigidity, he's supposed to be a certain thing, our youngster, he doesn't have, he's not very fond of Yiddishkeit. It, the house was chaotic to nobody's fault. Where do you get your appreciation for Yiddishkeit? The home was, he has a soul. 
So there's a part in him that likes Yiddishkeit, but there's also a lot of hurt, difficult feelings. All of a sudden, in ninth grade, he's expected to be something. Learn Torah, the words of Torah being taught, and he's frustrated, confused, hurt, not feeling very good towards Torah, towards Yiddishkeit, ninth, tenth. By then, he's developed an outright hostility to Yiddishkeit. Turned off, hurt, no real plans of partaking in Yiddishkeit. Fine. He comes to a yeshiva, he comes here, and all of a sudden he's faced with a bundle of love, connection, respect, positivity, and he's starting to feel good. But some rules are taken away. He may even explore some rules that he never broke, some boundaries, that he's been dying to break, mind you, since, since he's a little kid. His world is not happy, his world's not fun, his world's miserable. Now, since he's a little kid, he viewed the modern, wherever you are, and it's miserable, so it must be happy there. He sees the other people, they have fun. And all of a sudden, he took down some walls. So one of the things he might do is even explore a little. He might. Because when you take down walls from a guy who's hurting and upset, so he might even explore. He might even look less yeshivish. It's very possible. He might, because he's... And all of a sudden, but while he's doing all this, all of a sudden the world gets light. There's a positivity he's infused with. There's a love, there are good feelings, a self-respect is starting to brew inside of him. And parents will see it. They don't have to be maminim. They don't have to like trust. But they see he's nicer to his siblings. He's a nicer guy. He's more respectful to his parents. He's more optimistic about his future. He actually is thinking, you know, I actually might even be interested in being a Ben Torah. Things are turning. Now that two parents, there's the cynical parent who it's easy to be cynical on your kid when their space, the yeshiva gives a lot of off time. Hey, you need another off Shabbos? Hey, you, what, you're working hard? And the kid's whole life's turning around Latayv. And a parent could be cynical about it. It's easy to be cynical about it. It's easy to say, I see he's a nicer sibling, but he's not coming to Shachris. Now, if the parent would be sophisticated and smart and share their positive steps, their entire insides turning around. There's hope, there's love, there's optimism. Yeah, and he can't take those steps. He's not coming to Shachris yet. That's far from the step he's up to. But all the things are building that's going to create a guy who wants to come to Shachos. If the parent celebrates the success, the kid gets it and continues his journey. How many guys, there? we ourselves, the youngster himself is not clear of the whole journey. So when the person's cynical in 10th and 11th grade, he doesn't have the words to articulate what I'm saying now. So his father gets cynical. So he's like, well, my dad is right. I'm doing bad stuff. He can't articulate what I just articulated. And it crushes his journey. Instead of celebrating and teaching him to celebrate, you just crushed his journey. I want to say something to everybody here, to all of us. Life, we never arrive. That's not the world of service of Hashem. We are striving for great... Our greats, our greats are criticized in the Torah. Avram Avinu is criticized in the Torah. The life of the Ebed Hashem is always opportunity of adding more. 
If somebody asks you at the end of the year, how was your year, and you said it could have been better, you are an idiot. Chazer. You are an idiot. Because anything, before the year started, anybody of 7 billion in history, no matter what they did, they could have done better. Only God is perfect. So I could have done better to describe your year is stupid. Because that, yeah, you always, you always could do better. And that's what it means that you just said, I am a human. Thank you. How was your year? I am a human. It's a stupid answer. I am a human. To how was your year? Please answer the question. How was the year? I could have done better is dumb. Because no matter what you've done, you could have done better. That that's, means you're human. I wasn't perfect. Mazel tov. A human being is never there. He's a constant work of growing, of improving, of adding, real, next step. And celebrate arrivals along the way. There are many stations and stops. There are many mesechtas to accomplish, many midas. And it's a process. The father who's frustrated with his son not going to davening is not there. He doesn't concentrate by davening. And the guy who concentrates by davening doesn't concentrate by the whole davening. There is no such person who concentrates every word of every davening. It's a process to say brachas, say brachas, say it with more kavana and more and, and a constant work. This world we live in, a world of aspiring, aspiring for everything, Ad Hashem. People tell me in Yeshiva, if you want to get me mad, many a mother or father drop me off. I don't care. I just want him to be a mensch. Like they're saying, I'm not shooting for so much. I just want a man. I see you sent to the wrong place. I want the world. I'm not satisfied. A mensch? Why am I putting any cap? I want him to, to engage life and grow. I'm not. What, what? You're like a cat. I just want him to be a mensch. I'll settle for that. Oh, wrong Yeshiva. I'm going for the world. The world is vishavta ad Hashem lekecha. Just, I want him to grow and keep growing and keep growing and keep growing. Because I want to do that. I want to just keep growing. Now, none of us are from a place of there or trying to get the kid to get there. We're all a process of growing, of adding, laman Hashem, adding, adding. And that beautiful adding is the great kid, the Shemayim, the person who's doing more, who's building more. And the constant process of growing. In this world of aspiration, there's an ingredient needed that without it, you never get anywhere. Sameach Bechelka, a tremendous joy. Tremendous joy of what I'm doing. A tremendous joy of the process. If you can't celebrate the successes that are, a person will be perpetually unsatisfied and won't climb. When I see a 10th grader whose who's much attitudes, a father came this morning, a 10th grader, and we discussed, and the father said, I see you as a happier person. There was no but. That kid will be a mitsuyan in the yeshiva and beyond for years and years. The kid said, Dad, really? Explain it to me. And the cynical parent, I don't see you just, but I'm not talking about pretend. And some of the parents say, but I see nothing. Okay, okay. And if there is nothing, I'm not talking about fooling anybody. But it's tragic when there are things, when there are attitudes that are better, when there's growth, when there's development, and there's no celebration of that development, you could actually crush development. I have seen guys have magnificent life-changing years. We've had 12th graders in yeshiva who put in a 10th grade year because that's what they need. And there's optimism, and there's hope, and also there's positivity. 
And by the way, that allows for what will be if the 11th or 12th will be here, or will be in Eretz Yisrael. We'll be, but the, it can't be that you're surrounded by love, respect. It can't be you can walk into a dining room and 200 people value you and like you, that it doesn't have a positive impact. It can't be that the rebellion that are sincere and happy and serving with happiness doesn't have an impact. And that could be life-changing. The change you the best grade in yeshiva for anybody who sees is 10th grade. That's, that, that's where it all happens. Now, good, we have some 12th graders do 10th, and then there's 11th, and then there's 12th. This, understand, there are guys who come back with even like a frustration. Oh, I should have chapped the rent. No, you chapped the grade that you needed to chap. Does this mean that I, we, could, we always could do better? We always could do. And if there's something to analyze going forward that I could do more, so then let's go. So then let's do more if there's something to analyze. But sameach b'chelkoi, learning to acknowledge what we get, learning to appreciate what we got, allows for this amazing world of, of limitless aspirations, but only with sameach b'chelkoi, with a tremendous joy. I beg the mothers to be sophisticated. They are. They are. And I beg them without a but. If your son's better to his siblings, if there's more optimism, if there's hope, if there's aspirations, there are two things in Chinuch I get most frustrated by. I get frustrated by the guy learning 24-7 and nobody observes that all the litmus signs show a guy who's going to bust because he's not happy. He's not connected. He's not emotionally regulated. Not to notice that gets me frustrated. Yeah, he's studying. He's a good boy. He got, he's the valedictorian, but he's not going to be from in four years. Anybody with eyes can see. I get frustrated when that's ignored. The emotional needs of a person, the emotional status, notice, see, observe. And I get equally frustrated when a youngster is completely turned around his whole vision of the world is more optimistic, more positive, more excited, and a parent doesn't acknowledge that. And it has devastating results. You, I feel badly just because he's not happy with the yeshiva. So Kalish is biased. He doesn't say, thank you, Waterbury. So that's a bias. He doesn't say, of his own, thank you. So that's, I don't like it for that, because we love the thank yous. But I don't like it also because how many processes were crushed by a youngster of those that are around him are cynical to things that were life-changing. So he says, okay, you're probably right. And he says, okay, so I'm going the wrong way. When in reality, the optimism, the positivity, the sense, the connections he was making were life-altering. I have seen guys heal first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grades. Yes, his outward observant. Do you have how much pain, how much conflict, how much confusion is in this youngster and it's all melting away? Yeah, while it's melting away, he might not be the first at chakras. Yeah. Very smart to notice. Where all his experiences don't exactly lead him that if you take away that force, he probably won't run to chakras. Shockers, like after that experience. Now, is there a possibility if you keep forcing him to shockers, there'll be change? By some, no. That can't work. It's not going to work. So then we have to try something different. All of a sudden, there's a different environment. But if you're seeing, I'm not talking about, you're seeing change, deep change, profound change, celebrate it. So both on ourselves and others, celebrate the process of change. That's what I wanted to beg the mothers. David, do you hear what I'm saying? 
This is an area I wanted to plead with the, the mothers. Baruch Hashem. Seyat Bishmai. It seems to me very, very strongly the dads and moms get it. Get this? It seems the guys get this. This is an important facet of the yeshiva. Many, many a guy has come back, has come back and sees Rabbi Wisniki Shiorim, and they come to get to Chaparain and sees Rabbi own Shir and sees Rabbi Russ and says that I Chaparain. We chap what we can chap. We chap what we can chap. And, and, and then we, and even of Shabbos, we chap what we can chap. Many guys are ready to chap. The, by the way, just that a guy chaps the first part of the Suda Shabbos. That it can acknowledge. I walk in, there are guys who are only ready. Sometimes I myself get frustrated, right? An inch away from the guy is like the most, is an inspirational Shabbos. An inch away from the guy is a delightful Shabbos. And Shimon Freeman's parents come like, wow, and that guy's at the door. I'm like, but he's not ready for the Shabbos. And by the way, the first part of the Suda, he'll get enough of those, we'll get him ready for the second part of the Suda. But he just needs a few more. The first part of the Suda is very, and you guys, the Chevra that's here at the Musarad, that is at the end of the Suda, you create the first part of the Suda also. It took me a long time, by the way, to appreciate the first part of the Suda. The part where everybody's just sitting in the room enjoying each other and there's a buzz in there. We're not singing Zmiris, we're not saying Divrei Tari yet. There's a Chevri who can't sing Zmiris till they feel hugged. They're not in the mood of singing. And they need to have the first part of the Suda maybe for a year or two or ten. And then they'll sing Zmiris, the second part. We'll get to the Zmiris, we'll get to the Zmiris. That guy will tap in, maybe now, maybe he'll come back third year to Israel and sing a song or two with us. Maybe he'll come back as a married person work and then he'll sing a song or two. But there's things that are necessary in the construction of a human being. So he needs the first part of the Suda. But celebrating steps that are there, that are real, not discounting, not being cynical, are necessary for us all, all our lives. And the cynic who doesn't appreciate those tiny steps has no ladder to climb, none, none whatsoever. They only appreciate like big rungs of the ladder, only appreciate being there. There is no such thing. It's a process, that a person has a continuous process of growth. So I wanted to share this big picture thing with the guys. I certainly want to say that let's celebrate life more. More Simcha Sachayim. Simcha Sachayim is a utilization, a celebration of life. I'm more determined to have a beautiful Shabbos this week than ever. A beautiful Shavuos will be Zaycha, many of us, to be together for the two days. Shavuos, in the words of the guys, it's going to be lit. It's going to be Gewaldig. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be totally Gewaldig. The... The seriousness of being a Mechabalat Tyra, building yourself one. It, we, we, we gave this visual of Eilam Abba, of not just acquiring it through mitzvahs, but of making myself that person who can enjoy Eilam Abba, making myself that person who can enjoy Shabbos Kodesh, that's Mamish the art before Shavuos. Shavuos, there's a Kabbalah Satyra. I want to make myself that clay kibble that can be a Mechabal Atayra. They're Memches Kenyani Atayra. They're things necessary to be Mechabal Atayra. We're creating that vessel, that being that can be Mechabal Atayra. That's what we're working on now. Very, very important to work on anger, to work on our anger, to get less angry, to work on our anger, to work on calming ourselves down, having the ability, one of the Kenyani Atayra, and we're talking about the Kenyani Atayra now and certainly working on them. One of the Kenyani Atayra that I want to read to the Chevra is Erech Apayim. 
slow to anger. It's one of the memchas kinyani atayris erech apayim, slow to anger. To work on our anger. I see guys when they play sports, they get so upset and angry. To learn to calm yourself down. Walk off, think it through, learn to settle yourself down. During sports, very, it's a, it'll be a very good practice for Kabbalah Satayra. Erech apayim, slow to anger, is one of the kinyane atayra. One of the 48 acquisitions a person needs to acquire in order to learn Torah. We have spoken a number of times that to access Chachmas Torah, one has to be in a state of good midas. If you can't control our anger, we can't access the Torah we learn. It's unaccessible. So all of us to practice all different tricks under the duress, things one day you're going to be a father. And your kids, and you're on a family trip, and there's Lebedic in the car. If you don't have access to Erech Apayim, to settle your anger down, not to say Diburim Metoich, your anger, but to learn to settle down and to have tricks. I'm very into memorizing. I have things I try to memorize. You can't give yourself a big speech when you're angry. You're not in that state for a long drasha. You can't press the tape and listen to a share from your Berkowitz. You try to remember one thing that like settles you down, a word, a, like a picture, something short and brief that reminds you to settle down that you put in your brain. But you have to have something, erech something that gets you to calm down, to settle down, not to do things mitaychas. But one of the kenyane atayus, erech very kedai in the next 12 days to work on that, to think about that. We all have the circumstances that get us, that get us going. We're not very effective when we're in a matzah of, of, of anger, of af. It uh, distorts our thinking. It doesn't allow us to access Chachmah We want to learn and access our learning. To access our learning, we have to be in a state of good midas. So I wanted to mention that that Kenyan of Erech of slow to anger, that all of us in the next 12 days should work on, should take opportunities to settle down, to settle ourselves down. Certainly all different processes, all different ways that we all have of calming down, of settling down. The key point is not being shaver kelim b'chamasai. Don't act or speak in your anger. You're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. So don't act or speak. The action with anger is like... In sports, again, the warped mind runs to sports. When a player is angry, some, a ref does a call or something with the other team, and you make a certain move, metaych anger, it's always like a bad drive. The guy takes like a ridiculous shot, he's just mad, takes it himself. We don't do good things, metaych kas. And step one is not to be together, a shayver kalim b'chamasay. Don't break any kalim in your anger. It's interesting, the word erech apayim is slow to anger. And erech, there's an erech to the anger, or slow to anger, that he doesn't let it churn, he finds different ways. We have to have the ability to settle ourselves down. We have to have the ability to control. A father, mitaych kas, could do terrible damage to his wife and children. What a man could say, mitaych kas, could be devastating. Could be totally devastating. One day you're going to get married, and there are reasons for this. Ladies are very emotional. A guy once told me, an ignorant guy, he said, I would never say that to my wife. And she says it to me. A lady's are more emotional. What a lady says to a man, she's the tzadik hadar, nothing wrong. If a man would say that same thing to the lady, it's very, very bad. There are reasons in the construction of man and lady. But a guy has to learn to settle himself down. It's very scary. An angry father. Father told me, I, I, a father was telling me about his son. We were talking about the challenges of his son. 
he said something that was harrowing. He said, I admit I've lost it on him a few times. You're not allowed to lose it on your kid once. Not once, not once. You're not allowed to lose it on somebody. You want to show a cast pun him. You want to give a good nazifa. There's a time and a place for that. You can't lose it on somebody. We have to have our own capacities to settle ourselves down. You're never allowed to be a scary individual. You're never allowed to lose it on somebody. So this is a Kenyan Atar, one of the Memches Kenyan Atar for us all. For us all to work on Erech slow to anger, our own inner capacity to settle ourselves down, not to be in a matzav of anger. We're just not very intelligent when we're angry. We don't tap into good decisions. So Erech is one of the Memches Kenyan Atar. All of us should be Zeicha. In the next few days, we're talking about a lot of the Kenyan Atar, a lot of the acquisitions to talk to create ourselves to be that person who's a Mechabalat Torah, who's somebody who's worthy of Kabbalah Torah. I want to learn to a couple more, one or two more, the Kenyani Torah is getting late and I'm rambling a long time. We need a song. We definitely need a song. Is there a guitar in the house? Martha, if you can come forward, Martha. Come, come. Something nice and different, anything you want. Whatever's inside. I like that one. Where did he do that one? Which one? The wrestler I like that a lot. Can you do that? That's a good memory. <laughs> Sadiq, ma'al kolat hasadiq, ma'al kolat hasadiq. 
Chaim, you know, are you know that? Yeah, yeah, and, and Mo, Mo, come Mo, Mo. 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 
Momo Rengo and Arie. Let's do his song. Let's do Momo's song. I thought you sang gorgeously and you got the thing off to an amazing start. You do it again? Okay, there's more, there's more Kinyane Atar I want to do, but there's also Second Seder I want to do. So let's get to Second Seder. Oh, uh, we'll continue. Thank you.